We're starting a new episode of The Table Presents Retro Remix, I think is the official title we're giving this now. Retro Remix, I believe. Yes. The Table Presents Retro Remix. Where I am your co-host, Jean. Jean d'Arc. <laughs> and my name is Aaron. So this episode, we are going to be talking about almost the complete opposite of the previous episode. Sonic had so many re-releases and remakes, it's just crazy. It's up there in yeah. the amount of remakes and re-releases. Well, and like 15 you gotta admit, not all of them were the best, right? No, no, yeah. Sonic Genesis And here we get another game that's been dying to get a remake or a remaster and has continuously been thwarted, much to the detriment of everybody involved, including the fact that some people have tried playing the remasters of these games because they've kind of leaked out in some ways and they've yeah, been they surprisingly good. Exists, yeah. But it's a licensing hell issue. Yes. Before We're we... talking about the granddaddy of modern first-person shooters for anyone who hasn't been paying attention. That's right, the one, the only, Rare's GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64. You know it, you've played it, if you haven't, you've been living under a rock, what is wrong with your life? Go do something now. <laughs> Or you were born after the 2000s. After 1998, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. But every, if you're a gamer and you are interested in retro games at all, especially games from like Aaron and Mize era because we're old farts, you know a little bit about GoldenEye on the N64. It's basically what made every modern first-person shooter that you play now. Like, it made them it made them viable. People didn't think that consoles had a place for FPS shooters mm -hmm. until Goldeneye proved that it was possible. Single player and multiplayer. Yeah. And the multiplayer is kind of what gave Goldeneye its staying power. Funny thing about that, it was made in the last like what, like three days before the game launched. There yeah, wasn't was pretty out there. I mean because there was the, a team of programmers that were working on it alongside the, the campaign. Because it shipped with something that that they didn't want to have in there, they just ran out of time, and that was the odd job thing. Odd job is slightly shorter, and he has the hat thing. It was not something ever intended for. They wanted to have the hitbox be the same, but yeah. There's always some asshole that picks odd job. <laughs> I just like the Aaron. hat. I mean, the the hat was just so funny to be able to just one hit kill with that all the time. Uh. Or there's running. It's because it was like running around in your own personal personal golden gun mode. I mean, come on. You know who my favorite character is in Goldeneye in both the movie and the game, just because I like playing as him. Is Boris, who you would think would be Aaron's favorite character, being that he's a hacker. But it's... he just kept making perverted passwords about butts and boobs. You could tell Boris wasn't getting laid. Like that's all I'm saying. <laughs> And it, it was, was the 90s. I wasn't getting laid either, so. <laughs> but yeah. I guess, um, I mean, that's just kind of like the thing, right? I mean, hackers portrayed in video games and movies aren't really social. I mean, yeah. other than the movie that we'd reviewed in Hackers, which was all about hackers, so. Yeah, but that's really hackers within the hacking community. That there, there was a community of hackers that were all very social. That's a very different animal from hacking movies now. Like, uh, what is that, Black Hat? You know, that would be a very different film than Hackers and still features a hacker. But, um, yeah, so let's kind of start with a little bit of history on the game. Um, if you know Rare, 
nowadays they're owned by Microsoft and they've been making terrible Kinect games for years and years. And then there's Rare Replay, which is going to be its own episode of this podcast down the line. But way back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, um, Rare was a third-party publisher that wasn't really owned by anybody and did a lot of work for Nintendo back in the day. Uh, Donkey Kong Country, you know, the Conquer games, especially Conquer's Bad Fur Day, which I think that's an episode in and of itself because that's had a couple of remakes as well. But, I mean, Rare was a very, very prestigious company for Nintendo. And with the N64, they wanted a, a like a killer app sort of title, and Rare delivered with GoldenEye. Um, like we were saying before, GoldenEye made the the modern first-person shooter on consoles viable, and it doesn't play super great nowadays. But I think that's kind of why it's ripe for a remake. You know why it deserves. The only thing it doesn't really do play well nowadays is the the aiming scheme is really yeah inferior to nowadays aiming for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um yeah, I mean it was it was a game based on a movie. Movie tie-in games generally weren't very good a lot of the time. Um this was kind of the exception to the rule really because it ended up being a very solid game that they built around the plot to a spy thriller which it's great for first-person shooters. Yeah, I mean, if you can you consider... Know. I mean, it doesn't feel like salad is good enough a word for something that was ranked top 10, top 25 game of all time for, you know, for particular okay. consoles. I, I, I'm trying not to overly gush about one of everyone's favorite <laughs> games, okay? Considering that it's a spy game and James Bond is probably the least stealthy person on Earth... <laughs> and everywhere he goes, everyone he meets either dies, falls in love with him, or explodes. Um, and knows his name. Yeah. Unless yeah, James does, Bond is a code name. It's not name. a code name. It's not a code name, Aaron. <laughs> you did that just to fucking get me riled up, and you know it, you prick. I hate you. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it would make sense why um, I would do that then. This cool. game in particular is based on the movie of the same name that starred Pierce Brosnan as the eponymous James Bond. Honestly, one of my favorite Bond movies, but again, it came out when I was a kid, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, um, for sure. The gameplay was solid, although I don't think any of the game, any of the guns in the game were very super accurately represented. Um, and the, the GoldenEye was the epitome of it's not a bug, it's a feature. Because a lot of stuff ended up happening in that game that was completely accidental that people loved. Like the dual wielding mode that came up with, you know, certain certain guns on certain levels. You could accidentally pick two of them up and you weren't supposed to be able to do that. And then you could use two of them at the same time. So much so that when they found out about it and the playtesters, I guess, enjoyed it, they were like, we're just not going to fix this. It's not a bug. It's a feature. As well. <laughs> So, if anybody doesn't know the plot to Goldeneye, which is relatively relevant if you want to be playing a single player. Yeah. Um, James Bond and his fellow double-O agent, Alec, are infiltrating... Trevelyan. Where is it? 
Somewhere uh, in Soviet Russia, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. And they're they're planning explosive charges in this facility, and they get spotted. Like John is saying, he's not a really great spy. <laughs> and then there's some conflict, and then uh, I think I believe there's an explosion, and James Bond escapes while Alec is assumed dead. It's Sean Bean. He's dead. He's just <laughs> absolutely dead. <laughs> and then later on, Bond is investigating a satellite control station in Russia where John's favorite character, Boris, is working. Boris Kudeshenko. <laughs> you know you love Boris. You know For you sure. <laughs> um, see Along with uh, Natalia, who is another fellow programmer at said station. Ah, uh, yeah. And they are working under a general. His name is Oromov, I believe. And Oromov, unbeknownst yeah. to or unbeknownst to Natalia, at least, they are programming a satellite for a weapon called Goldeneye. I don't know if Boris knows about it or not. I know I Boris didn't. Leave. Well, I think he finds out later, but he doesn't care. Yeah, he he's looking at it as the opportunity to get rich. Like, I'm gonna have to watch Goldeneye after this. You know that, right? <laughs> but um, yeah. So I mean, it's hijinks ensue. Bond gets involved because of a, a terrorist organization by the name of Janus. It turns out Janus is led by none other than Dun 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 Alex Trevelyan who is not dead and kind of scarred a little bit. I think I think his face was a little messed up in the movie, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was. But, the th I mean, it was faked, but I guess you didn't quite... Uh, something. Oh, you know what? I think it was supposed to be completely faked, but Bond did something that made it go off a little quicker or sooner than anticipated. Yeah. Yeah, because there, there was a whole thing with bomb timers in, in his revenge plot. He's like, I'm going to give you the same 10 minutes you gave me. And Bond's like, we have three minutes. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's it's a good movie and a great game based on a good movie. So if you have the opportunity, check it out. I mean, but the single the player, it's good. I mean, for for an old game like that, I mean, it, it had it had an interesting way to do difficulties where you the enemies not only were more difficult but there was a varied amount more challenges that you had to do complete yeah, in there, the were, there were more objectives yeah and you could you could find you could end up accidentally screwing yourself out of a mission objective by just shooting at things willy-nilly so it was it was smarter on the higher difficulties to only take out enemies when you could with no collateral damage because you might accidentally destroy like a mission objective, like a computer that you had to access, or you know, the key to a door that you couldn't open, you know, if you did this one really stupid thing, or if you accidentally kill somebody that voids your mission or whatever. So, yeah, it was it was the kind of it was it was a secret agent game in a sense because there were certain things that would have been a very bad idea to do. And then, of course, there was all the fun, like, James Bond toys. You got the laser watch and all that shit. It was fun to, uh, that you mentioned. So, like, for killing certain characters, um, that was something they got from one of their primary influences, which I didn't know this before, 
was Virtua Cop. Really? Hmm. Yeah. So, features such as gun reloading, position-dependent hit reaction animations, where you could hit the uh, enemy soldiers in the balls and then they like, crouch down or whatever. Yeah, Aaron, yeah. Aaron was exclusive to crotch shots. You know that's exactly what <laughs> No, it was for the headshots, because then they go down quicker. But uh, penalties for killing innocent systems, and unfortunately, the aiming system. Oh. While the game did play really well, like, if you had to manually aim, because it was on the N64, and the N64 controller is, like, some kind of weird science experiment. Um, like all dual, Nintendo controllers, really. <laughs> dual stick shooters weren't really a thing just yet. Like, the PlayStation had its analog controller, but I don't think somebody had thought to do that yet. I, that that started up with, uh, like, Halo, I think, was the first console shooter to really do that. And we can get into that in the history of Halo that we're going to do in a later episode, I'm sure. But with, with this one, you had to actually hold down the right bumper to bring up an aiming reticle. And then the analog stick that normally would move you around the levels became your your aiming so if you were aiming for something specific that was how you did it and then like Which was, zooming yeah. was done with the c buttons and all that and, yeah. it, it's just it was a nightmare <laughs> just don't don't worry about precision hits in golden eye just aim center mass and watch everyone ragdoll because that's part of the fun i don't think there were grenades in golden eye were there no there were mines the mines that you placed, which were kind of, they kind of had like a grenade quality to them because they were timed mines that had timers on them. They also had proximity and, ones. And I yeah, think they the had sequel oh. related ones, like remote detonator ones. Yeah, the remote mines were red, the timed mines were yellow, and the prox mines were green. And I love prox mines. Oh, my favorite <laughs> game of GoldenEye ever. Sever and I a bunker with proximity mines. Because I, I knew where the spawn points were in one section in the bunker. I could just mine the shit out of the one door and then mine both of the spawn points and just watch people explode and die. And just sit there and laugh hysterically. <laughs> while they're trying to figure out how to get into the room without dying and I'm just giggling my head up. <laughs> because it's hysterical to me. There's nothing that, nothing that will ever beat watching your opponent spawn in and instantly die <laughs> it's it's a tale as old as time because you oh, can still experience that in call of duty games to this day and it's it really fun, fun when you're the one responsible when it's happening to you you hate your life and everything attached to it but <laughs> you question your very existence yes <laughs> but uh yeah no that that's kind of the the main stay the main staying power of goldeneye wasn't really the campaign which was solid enough but the multiplayer is what kept that game going for years people were playing goldeneye on college campuses 15 years after its release hell i have a copy of goldeneye in my n64 right now so i mean like it's a popular game it if continues to my n64 i'd have a copy of it <laughs> and it's it's actually a very difficult game to find now. Well, it's a collector's piece now, so... Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Which, you know, it hits all the marks. It was a popular game. It wasn't really popular... It wasn't assumed to be popular before it came out. So there weren't like a billion copies made. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of a sleeper hit. 
But yeah, the um, the multiplayer is kind of what gave GoldenEye its stink. You were always learning something new with GoldenEye too, like the crouch option. Crouching and going prone were a thing that you could do in GoldenEye that I didn't know about until years later. Um, and if you played as odd job, everyone hated you and hoped you died horribly. <laughs> I wonder um, if that's still going to be the case with a remake or remaster. Well, that depends, because um, if, they, if the odd job thing really was a bug and not a feature, they may fix it. Then but again, they may just have the option. They're like after the fact that's kind of just become intended yeah i mean because he's got so much else going for him right i mean he's the only character comes with a built-in weapon an infinite weapon if i could recall right well i mean if you um if you did what was it slappers only like those were one hit kills too and that was god awful and why would you do that you just get karate chopped and then you die <laughs> <laughs> I used to hate that because everyone I played with knew the levels a lot better than I did. Because I didn't have an N64 as a kid. My buddy Mark did. And um, I used to go over to Mark's house and we would play four-player Goldeneye. And um, because I didn't play the game as much as Mark did, because it was his game, I didn't know the levels super well. And I was only kind of passively decent at the controls. So it was either I wouldn't, I wouldn't see someone who would kill me because I was looking somewhere else or I couldn't hit them before they hit me and then I would die. And there was something that uh, you youngins don't have to worry about nowadays because everyone gets their own screen. <laughs> but uh, screen peek? Back, when, back when we were kids and we were playing video games, man, you only had that one little corner of the screen. And if anyone wanted to see where you were, they just had to look over to their right. And if you knew the map or knew the level, you could know exactly yeah. where they were. Because Aaron's a dick. <laughs> it's like, I can't help it. I mean, it's just just overall general... A 15 screen and you want me to split it in half because you're playing on one side? <laughs> there were some, That's why there were some ideally solutions to that split problem. Split screen should only be co-op teams that yeah. are playing. Yeah. For sure. Or didn't Sony have a TV where, like, if you had the 3D glasses, like, as long as you were wearing the glasses, you could only see your screen? Yeah. I don't did, know if it was that Sony, actually but, yeah, there was a TV or, that did that. It was like a Sony Vio, I think. It could be. But I um, do remember yeah. the technology, I just don't remember what it came with. But based on the fact that this podcast is retro remixes, and we've been going on about GoldenEye for, like, a solid 20 minutes now. <laughs> we have to come to the unfortunate part of this. Which is, which is the remake and, and remasters have made come from this game, which is unfortunately zero. Yeah, they've been talking about it for a long time to the point where I even remember seeing an article in an issue of Game Informer where they were talking about the preview for the remake of GoldenEye starring Daniel Craig as Bond because he was the Bond of the time. And the remasters with new graphics and 60 frames per second gameplay and improved gun controls and all the things that make modern shooters great, you know, for the granddaddy of all console FPSs, and we were really stoked about it. And then it never happened, and Aaron, do you want to tell our listeners why it never happened? Yeah. So, the remaster we're currently talking about was an Xbox Live arcade remaster that Rare was developing for several months in 2008. Uh, 
Reportedly, before it was cancelled, it only needed about two more months of development before it would be complete. It was cancelled by Nintendo, MGM, and Microsoft because they couldn't come to a licensing agreement. Yeah. Um, Rare... Microsoft had basically requested Rare to remake the game for Xbox Live Arcade, and so they started work before they actually had the permission to. Before they had the permission to release it, rather. Um, around 2006. Uh, Microsoft, you know, thought it would be an appropriate title for the game. I think it was nearing some kind of anniversary at the time. Yeah. Maybe um, the 25th or something. I've, I've read around the 50th anniversary of Bond. Rare completed the conversion, removed most of the bugs, was close to the gold, about two months, like it said. Um, but Nintendo had still not cleared it. Which means they had to stop until they could actually make sure they actually had get the rights, which never came through. Yeah. But apparently it was so close that I mean there was, uh, let's see, in 2021, January, a full playthrough of the prototype version on Xbox showed up on YouTube. Yeah. And then afterwards, a close to complete ROM image of the game was released online. So, and then, yeah. If you want to go looking for it, it is out there, but you may have to travel to some of the shadier parts of the internet. Um, if you're just looking for footage, it's on YouTube. It's out there. It's in the world. You see what it looks um, like. If you want to check the game out for yourself, and like I was telling Aaron before we started the podcast, uh, my old neighbor actually has one of these ROM images, so I've seen the gameplay in action. Um... It's out there, but I, you might have to get a modded Xbox or, you know, what have you to make that happen. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm not encouraging piracy. Kind of encouraging piracy. There's a theme for these episodes, have you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is that even though the remake isn't complete, it is out there and it's successful. The only reason that it never came to pass is because of the convoluted licensing agreements between Nintendo, Rare, and MGM, who are the license holders for the James Bond franchise. Um, do I think they could have come to an agreement given enough time? Yeah, sure. But it wouldn't have been cheap on Microsoft's part. And Microsoft is not going to... They're not going to do something that isn't going to be seen as immediately profitable for them. I mean, can you blame them? That's just good business. Is it unfortunate? Yeah, I would have loved to have played GoldenEye with online multiplayer. That would have been the best. It would have, ugh, like, I'm getting hard just thinking about it. But, I mean, instead we've got to deal with the crappy other James Bond games that have come out since then. And nothing that's come out since GoldenEye has come even remotely close to what They've GoldenEye They've been trying. So, I mean, they've made, uh, let's see, they made uh, games based off of Tomorrow Never Dies and The World Is Not Enough. They've made new games. There was uh, there was one that was a story that was just for a game. Um, yep. Agent Under Fire, Night Fire, Everything or Nothing, and GoldenEye Rogue Agents were all um, original stories. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In 2006, Nintendo considered putting GoldenEye on the Wii's Virtual Console. 
but I think probably had the same legal issues, which probably another licensing problem. Yeah, because I know that the MGM, like the the license holders for James Bond, are very protective of that license, and who can blame? Like any time a James Bond movie comes out, it's automatically number one in England, if nowhere else. Um, (laughs) I've been watching a lot of like the big fat quiz of everything, and every time a new James Bond movie comes out, it's the number one movie of that year. So, like, see, then England was... loves them some James Bond <laughs> for sure. See, Activi- Activision acquired it. So then they did Quantum of Solace, Bloodstone, and they actually did make a new GoldenEye, also titled GoldenEye 007, in 2010. See, I but considering that I'd completely forgot about it and it was only a vague recollection in John's mind, I don't think it was very good. Yeah, I, I understand it was kind of a trash game, like. And that was the one you were talking about that had Daniel Daniel Craig Daniel Craig as, as Bond in in that version of Goldeneye, yeah, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, but again, what gives those games their staying power is not so much the campaign, although Goldeneye's campaign was stellar for the time. Like I have to I have to preface for the time it was really good, but it was the multiplayer that kept those games going, and. A remaster of that game would have been spectacular. I'd love to still see a remaster. It's been 20 years, and I would love to see a remaster of GoldenEye. Like, hell, I'd even love it. Like, if they just didn't like an N64 Mini and put GoldenEye on it, I'd I'd be down. Like, that'd be great. Um, so, there is some good news on that front. There's been renewed talk of a remaster of GoldenEye. There's been some, and it's recent. It was like, there's like talk of like, why didn't they show it in the 2022 uh, Xbox video game showcase? Like it's that much. Oh, that that's very recent. Yeah, because that was like two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, um, Rare, like, so, you know, Rare made that, that Xbox Live version and had uh, achievements attached to it, right? Yeah, it was like all, basically done, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had achievements for it, and they were locked because the game no longer existed, and apparently they've become unlocked recently. Ooh, fancy pants. Yeah, so there's there's potential there. People are thinking that it might be coming out, and there might be getting an announcement soon. So we'll I, would, I would love to hear that. Please, gaming gods, give us a GoldenEye remake. So, give, us, give us Goldeneye with twin stick controls and online multiplayer so I can own the shit out of Aaron and <laughs> scream in his face. You wish. And then play against Mike and have him wipe the floor with both of us. <laughs> so, let's see. Um, as far as remakes go, there actually was one. Goldeneye Source, which I actually have. There's a total conversion mod for uh, Half-Life, um, like, Half-Life Source, I think. Okay. And it works. I mean, you can host multiplayer games, and it's not exactly the same, but it's got the gun, it's got the guns. It doesn't have any no, maps. It's, it's, like, emulated. Yeah. Well, okay. more, I mean, because it's, it, it doesn't have the it doesn't have any of the maps, but it does have all the guns, and it does play the same. Hmm. How's that um, working? It's, it's like everyone in a flat arena. Okay, now kill each other. Well, no, I mean it's it, it has different maps, right? It just doesn't have any of the maps from Goldeneye. 
It just doesn't because, have any of the GoldenEye maps. Yes, because there was a remake that was more accurate called GoldenEye 25 and was scheduled for 2022 release. Um, but it became... It, but it got cease and desisted because it was too close. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like what happened to the My Little Pony fighting game that eventually became Them's Fighting Herds because Hasbro sued the creators. Which I think is weird because the actual voice actors from the show were on board to do the game, and then Hasbro was like, "No, this isn't this isn't consistent with our brand. We're gonna have you not do this." And so the creators were like, "Okay, then we're just not gonna do a My Little Pony game. We'll call it something completely different, even though everyone knows what it is." <laughs> and the game came out. And it was called Them's Fighting Herds, and from what I understand, was a very fun game. I know this because I have brony friends. Don't judge me. <laughs> Boy, this is going to be an interesting episode. People are going to learn a lot about me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as you ain't hurting nobody, hey, do whatever you got to do. I've never said anything that I didn't mean. There was um, there was a comedian who does this bet, Kyle Kinane. Oh, God, Kyle Kinane. <laughs> He's just like, I'm not, I'm not here to be a goalie. I'm not, to, I'm not trying to get in your way. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you do whatever you want to do. That's good work. Good advice. I'm not here to hold you down. I'm not here to, you know. Yeah. The one, the one that I hear I mean, a lot is no kink shame, but no kink the way. Yeah. The one that I used to hear a lot: no kink shame, but no kink same. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, which is a statement I can get behind because it's like I'm not trying to tell you that what you're doing is weird, but it's not for me. Um, I mean, it may be weird, but I but weird is fine. I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with being weird. Well, we all have different kinds of weird. There's all there's different like versions of weird, and I guess that's what I'm getting at is not everyone's weird meshes. Um, <laughs> Uh, it just reminds me a bit of like South Park when um when they first introduced Hanky the Christmas Poo, and then <laughs> like when you're talking about different level of weird, there's this bit where um where the counselor has a piece of poo in his coffee mug. He's like, "Oh, you sick little moo cow!" And it's like that's the extreme version of weird right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. And now that we've gone way off onto uh off yeah, I'm not the metaphor sure. I mean unfortunately there isn't there isn't a remaster or a remake right now. Nothing no, exists. But, but let's talk about the potential of what could be in a remaster of GoldenEye if it were to come to pass. I mean, do you think that they would do a remaster of GoldenEye with Daniel Craig as Bond because he's still the current Bond or do you think that they would go back and model Pierce Brosnan as Bond or, you know, whoever the next Bond is going to be? I guess that's a question. Are they going to remaster the original 64 version or are they going to remaster the 2010 version? I would yeah. hope they did the original for sure. Yeah, because In which case, the 2010 most likely they would that. use Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Although that brings up a whole nother thing. I mean, is there uh, likeness? stuff to that or did he likeness give away his yeah. likeness for the for the for that movie which means that it technically belongs to MGM 
Well, the likeness rights on N64 would have been like a non thing because everyone looks like blocks. So, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like if you you say it's Pierce Brosnan, you look and you're like, yeah, that kind of does look like Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I mean, that looks like if Pierce Brosnan were rendered as polygons and <laughs> <laughs> had a flat version of his face put over this weird mesh model. Um, Not to mention, I mean, it's mentioned. Is it mentioned that I don't think it is mentioned yeah, that he's Pierce. His name Brosnan. is in the, his name is in the credits. Yes. Okay. Pierce Brosnan is James Bond. Yeah, it's there. Um, they do that. They do that for all the main characters. I think in in the game. Um, yeah. So, so my fans, do they have to get his agreement, or do they just have to get MGM's because he was technically working under contract for MGM when he made the movie? Which means that point. he doesn't technically own his likeness as it relates to that movie. James Bond specifically. Yeah. Yes. Here's here's something I would like I would like to throw out there. If they are going to do a remake of GoldenEye 007, there's something that they initially did for the original GoldenEye that never came to pass for a lot of reasons. Um, but the save files on GoldenEye on the N64 were all meant to have portraits of different actors who had played James Bond over the years. And I believe there was a Game Shark code associated with it where you could spawn in all the different James Bonds in multiplayer. I don't remember if that actually functioned or if it was just portraits, but I would love to see a version of GoldenEye's multiplayer where you could play as everybody who's ever played James Bond. Except for George Lazenby, everyone hates him. <laughs> he was only in one Bond movie and it wasn't a very good one. <laughs> Uh, but so, I think that'd be a cool idea. That would be a whole nother licensing nightmare, though, because could you imagine getting like Sean Connery's likeness rights and like I Roger mean, Moore? Guess, do and, they are they still owned by MGM? Because that would make it easier. As far as Bond goes, they might be. Yeah, then it might be just one source, it, depending on if you can say MGM owns all likenesses of James Bond, regardless of which actor played them. Yeah. That might have that might have been in their contract initially. You figure these movies have been around since the '60s, though, so like it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, but I mean, that's uh, kind of like the... see any um, new multiplayer modes. I mean, um, so what, like the original had normal. You only live twice. Yeah. The Living Daylights, the Man with the Golden Gun, and License to Kill. I think I'd like to see a version of the Man with the Golden Gun done kind of like one of the more modern um 007 games where the golden gun has three parts to it and you have to find each individual piece and assemble the golden gun before you can use it because I, I remember seeing that and thinking that was a cool concept one thing i would like to see and i know that this is probably never going to happen because it would be a nightmare to do but on the n64 version of goldeneye all the dialogue was done via text like as the mission happened, I would love to see that replaced with fully voiced dialogue from the actual movie. I mean, it, it'll never happen because it would be a logistical nightmare, but <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, theoretically, that wouldn't be too bad. Especially if we go under the assumption that MGM technically owns all the licenses for that stuff. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to go in, might as well go in balls deep. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously it wouldn't work for any text in the game or in, in 
in active yeah. scenes. Rather. Well, what I mean is you would have to get the uh, the actors to come back and do lines, and that's why I say it'd be a logistical nightmare because getting no, no, I'm, I won't say if you so long you'd only use what exists in the current because you're talking about the game, right? So yeah, or the single player, the campaign mode, which all follows yeah. the movie anyway. The so there shouldn't be any yeah. new script there. Well, I mean, you could throw in flavor stuff, you know, like do no, one. No, you couldn't. Not without it being a logistical nightmare. Well, but, that's what that's what I'm saying. That's what. That's but I could I could agree that ideally, just having audio and audio dialogue from the movie would be a step up. Also, I'm kind of weird when it comes to movie tie-in games, and one of the things I liked about CD games that are kind of commonplace now, I just want to see them use more like FMV video. I mean, I know it's not the, the norm for video games now, but I used to love that, like, on PlayStation games when I was a kid. With, like, FMV video and stuff like that. And if they could take clips from the actual movie and throw it into the game, I thought that'd be cool. But, um, yeah, I think I think there's a couple of things, like, that I would love to see. Uh, obviously, yeah. higher frame rates. Yeah, which I'm sure, I mean, even just from what we saw from the Xbox Live one that looked like 60 frames per second, I believe. Yeah, 60 frames per second, I think, it should be mandatory for any of these remakes. It's not not a, not a lot of work to display what is essentially yeah. just lots of blocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, obviously part for the course is, you know, refitting the graphics, you know, upgrading everything, upscaling things, high def, that kind of stuff. Well, but I, I mean, there's a limit that they can do for those kind of games. Well, yeah, I mean, after a while, it becomes rebuilding the game from the ground up, you know, yeah. and you just... Which, which would be something, but I mean, apparently they did that some in games, and it didn't work out well. Some games they've done that with. Um, it didn't. It's not that it didn't work out because of the, the look of the game, it's just they, they did some things that were very bad. Um, you know, like, for instance, Daniel Craig. Um, great Bond, but not Goldeneye's Bond. That was Pierce Brosnan. You did a bad. <laughs> he did, yeah, and Pierce Brosnan did well as Bond in that movie. He, I, I thought he was a great Bond. I, I know people that didn't like him as Bond. I thought he was fantastic. Well, I guess while we're on the subject, what's your what's your top Bond? My top Bond. Oh, see, that's that's not fair. I've uh, <laughs> well, because I've I've become a Bond fan over the years because I I love the Goldeneye movie and I love the Pierce Brosnan movies because they were they were the Bonds when I was a kid. And I've gotten to really enjoy Daniel Craig as Bond. But since then, I've also purchased like the James Bond box set on Blu-ray. So I've been going back and watching all the old school Bond movies as well. And I've grown quite fond of Sean Connery as Bond. You know, I didn't care for Lazenby as Bond. I haven't watched too many of Roger Moore's Bond's movies yet. But I understand Roger Moore and uh, Sean Connery are like the top two Bonds among Bond aficionados. I tend to prefer Sean Connery just because I know that that's kind of the look that Ian Fleming was going for with Bond. A um, little bit of uh, the ideal image of when you think of Bond. I know, I know that Ian Fleming felt that, or well, that that you feel that Ian Fleming's version of Bond best is portrayed by Sean Connery, but it looks exactly like him too. <laughs> what do you think best portrays Bond? The Daniel Craig, the younger, I guess, seems kind of more stoic sometimes. Yeah. 
I think what makes good Bond movies is like one-liners and that sort of fun acknowledgement of camp that comes from the older Bond films, I think is fun. Uh, I think they started to over-rely on gadgets after a while, so maybe we have like a mix where there's not as many gadgets, but there's the campy kind of one-liners. I think Pierce well, I mean, Brosnan I... was a good middle ground for that. I think, well, especially early Pierce Brosnan, which was Goldeneye, was a yeah. little lighter on the gadgets and heavier on the one-liners. Like, they were still moving towards gadgets. The further in you get on Pierce Brosnan, the more gadget-heavy they started to get. I remember I the car that went invisible. <laughs> oh, God. Aston Martin calls it the Vanquish. We call it the Vanish. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. See what else? Is there anything that you would like to see not return? Um, the shitty aiming controls, and let's let's call the guns by their actual names, so that people aren't confused. Like, could you like see somebody, especially a gun enthusiast, like playing Goldeneye today? They're like, "What the fuck is a clob?" <laughs> <laughs> or the KF7 Soviet? It's an AK-47. It's a Kalashnikov. Call it what it is. Um. But I mean, like, yeah, I think that would be ideal. I think the aiming system definitely needs to be overhauled for a remake. I couldn't even imagine them releasing it on like in the X on Xbox or PlayStation nowadays with that kind of aiming. It would just yeah, you'd be completely not using a a stick basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can look at the uh, re-releases of Perfect Dark, which was basically Goldeneye's little sister. Um, because Rare wanted to do another GoldenEye game, but didn't have the license, so they are like, screw it, we'll just do our own thing, and they called it Perfect Dark, and everyone remembers the multiplayer and apparently hates everything else, because I never got to play the campaign. <laughs> um, but we can get into that a little, a little later in a later episode, too, if we want. I mean, yeah, uh, Perfect Dark is a remaster, so expect yeah. it at some point in this series, I'm sure. At, at some point down the line in retro remixes, we will do an episode on Perfect Dark. Any idea what you want to do for the next one for the listeners so they can um, get a tease? Because these, these, these ones won't necessarily be coming out every week. There's a bunch of other, other small subtopics that will probably be going around. So don't expect this to be weekly, but expect this, these small topics to be weekly. Just not necessarily always this channel, this episode, this kind of yeah, series. Yeah, we, we are, we are going to try and do couple of little things just to keep you guys from having to wait too long for new episodes um i did notice that you went through and listed a bunch of games um for potential retro remix episodes we forgot the mega man anniversary collections mega man anniversary and mega man x anniversary um i have the playstation 2 versions of those but they've been re-released again and a lot of Mega Man games that have come out, right? I mean, yeah, that's... we're on twelve now, um, of just the baseline Mega Man's, and then it was like Mega Man Zero. and Mega Man X games, and then right. a bunch of Mega Man Zero on Game Boy Advance, and then Mega Man ZX on the Nintendo DS, and that's all right. part of this. That's all part of the same history of Mega Man. Um, but for the for the case of the episode, I just wanted to talk about the the legacy collections that came out on Xbox not too long ago. Um, I also wouldn't mind doing a more general episode on what you think makes a good re-release. Um, 
like you can see what, us doing that one a little after after we've done a few of these. Once we get an yeah. idea of what we've seen, yeah. So we we're obviously at that point a little bit more of authority on the whole re-release, you know, remix kind of idea. So I'd, I'd be down to do that too. Um, maybe we'll do that for like our our twenty fifth episode or something. Yeah, our special one or something. I mean, we've we've got a couple of them down the pipe. We we're talking about we we're talking about Metal Gear Solid. We were talking about uh, Resident Evil as a series and the remakes that that's gotten, and it's getting more. We might be doing that one sooner rather than later because RE four the remake for that just got announced not too long ago. So and I mean, like, because uh, um, RE four came out for the Quest too as a virtual. Yeah, I know. I don't have a Quest too, so I can't play it, Aaron. <laughs> oh, it's it's so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Aaron, I mean, I like, it's probably like I mean, I think I've played like sixteen, twenty hours, which is a fair amount of VR. Yeah, so yeah, of VR is kind of hard to play for long stretches. Like yes. I don't know, it it makes me a little uh, a little dizzy. I don't want to say queasy, although I do kind of feel a little queasy after. I feel a while. drained sometimes. Like I just got to yeah. put it off and just kind of sit for a sec. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've so, also yeah, tried doing going. some of the more passive VR experiences, like YouTube VR, which was weird. Oh, um, we've got Skyrim that's been released so many times. Oh my Straight god, Skyrim's been re- Skyrim's been re-released so many times. It's just on Game Pass now. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. We don't expect you to buy this again. We're just gonna put it on Game Pass. <laughs> well, introducing Skyrim on your refrigerator. Introducing Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> There's Skyrim on your smart toilet, which is a thing, by the way. I swear to God, it's not a joke. Three thousand dollars for a toilet that you can text from. One of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. Um. You mean like having a phone in your hand while you go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that, perhaps. <laughs> Why would you spend three thousand dollars on a toilet that has Wi-Fi when you da- you carry a phone with you everywhere you go anyway? Um, I'd spend three grand on a toilet, but it's not because it has Wi-Fi. It's because it cleans my butt while I poop. Like <laughs> that would be the only reason I would do something like that. Like I want my butt to be cleaner when I get off the toilet than it was when I sat down. <laughs> Someone with like an automatic bidet or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, when once, robot hands once, like once you try it, then you swear by it after that, apparently. So I hear. Yeah. <laughs> We're not sponsored by a bidet company or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by French house bidet toilets. <laughs> Brought to you by our goodwill. <laughs> And not the actual goodwill, like the the premise of goodwill. <laughs> Our Lady of the Gushing Fountain. <laughs> oh my god. Terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's see. I mean, World we, of Warcraft, got, Tomb Raider. We've got a lot, but I'll, I'll say a lot of episodes potentially coming down the pipe. This whole thing got started because I wanted to obsess over Sonic Origins. And then Aaron has taken it, taken the ball and ran with it, as he does with so many things. So we're... Okay. we're we're planning more. There's more planning, more things that are getting ready to be done. Um, we have other shows in mind outside of Retro Remix. This is just something that I wanted to try, and Aaron's running with it, and he's got other ideas for things he wants to do. So be on the lookout for more Table Presents sort of mini podcast episodes. Um, in the meantime, we hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, uh, hopefully there'll be a remake of Goldeneye we can all meet up and play on soon that we can all troll Aaron and throw Proxmines at him until he dies. Or at least word of something. 
coming. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, you were saying that they were looking at the possibility of it coming out sometime later this year or next year or something. I, I mean, maybe an announcement. That'd be a, that'd yeah, be just an announcement would be would be huge. And um, just like any of our other podcasts, guys, if you have ideas for re- remakes that you want us to talk about, please drop us a line and let us know. Um, everything's available through Google Play, Spotify, all that stuff. You can comment, leave reviews. Um, we're supposed to be releasing a link to our Discord servers so people can come into Discord and chat with us, but we haven't gotten around to that yet. It's It's been more complicated than it needed to be. I'll look in it. But, um, I'll see. Yeah, um, no, but if anything, it might just be like, you know, if you want to, we do have a Discord, and if you want a invite link, all you have to do is send us a message, and we'll invite you. Yeah, drop us a line. You're we're more than happy to give invites. Um, you know, if if you have, well, I'm not going to make any promises, but if you're an authority on something that we're doing an episode on, let us know. Maybe we'll have you on. You know, it's it's been done before. We've had people on the show, so I mean, I'm not going to say no to it, but I'm not going to promise you that we'll do it either. Um, that being said, I hope this has been been a good episode. Uh, and we really do need to sign off for this because we're just flailing in the dark. Yeah, so look forward to uh, the next episode, which, uh, let's say Mega Man. Okay. Well, so we'll I'm do down. Mega Man next. Uh, no, not sure when it's coming, but for now, with this has been an episode of Retro Remake, and I have been Aaron. And I have been John. And I hope you all have a pleasant evening. <laughs>